Are you ready to perform at your highest potential? Welcome to the Performance Matters Podcast from GP Strategies. In each episode, we'll interview industry experts, exploring best practices and innovative insights to help you and your organization improve performance. I'm your host, Jeremy Shear. Our guest is John Duncan, Managing Director of Heathview Consulting and a member of the GP Strategies Advisory Board. John, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Jeremy. It's a pleasure to be here. Tell us a little bit about yourself and your background in consulting. Well, Jeremy, I'm a former senior HR executive and currently an independent uh, management consultant, executive coach, and strategy advisor. I'm, I'm based in Toronto, Canada. My professional experience for over 30 years has been principally in the postal, courier, and logistics sector, principally with a focus on human resources and business transformation. I was most recently Group Human Resource Director at the Royal Mail in London, in the UK, and on the senior executive team that successfully publicly listed Royal Mail on the London Stock Exchange in October of 2013. Thanks for that. So our topic today is enterprise technology implementation. According to the Gartner Group, around 76% of all attempts to implement new technologies or platforms either fail outright or they fail to meet most of their objectives. So why does this happen? What are some of the main reasons that this tends to happen? Well, I think some of the most common reasons for program failures or shortfalls aren't on the technology side of the equation, but rather failing to deliver on the people side of the program. So you really need to get three important things right. Uh, The project management, end user learning and coaching support, and securing employee buy-in to the new technology at all levels. On project management, lack of planning and weak project management uh, can contribute to technology implementation failure. You know, there's a saying in the project management field, price, speed, or quality, pick any two. But in reality, you need to get all three right. This invariably will involve some trade-offs being made. The technology implementation can be disruptive to the organization's normal day-to-day operations. So this requires careful balancing of time and resources dedicated to the change initiative, while at the same time maintaining high levels of ongoing customer service. What makes the project management part challenging is the people who are not part of the core project team are trying to do their day jobs while adapting to the new technology at the same time. So you really have to be sensitive to this fact. I mentioned uh, learning and coaching support. Inadequate training and coaching support can really jeopardize successful delivery of the project. It's an area that you really cannot underinvest in. Uh, this would apply prior to, during implementation, and post implementation. Training and coaching support have to be provided in the best possible format available. So, for instance, a geographically dispersed workforce, for example, may not be able to readily access in-classroom training, so you need to be able to provide remote support either online or by phone. Securing employees' buy-in to the new technology at all levels, all employees must believe the technology, the re-engineered business process program, and the software platform. Uh, Visible communication from the senior executive team is essential. Uh, Upper management really need to be seen to supporting the technology implementation. Yeah, that that makes a lot of sense. You know, I bet anyone who's worked at a large or medium-sized company has experienced some new technology being introduced and everybody makes a big deal out of it Mm -hmm. and they get a little bit of training and then nobody uses it, you know, because either people don't totally understand it or people haven't been given enough of a good reason to actually start 
making it part of their daily workflow. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, there's the training and then you have to make the training stick. And uh, I think yeah. that's why you know, a variety of, of training methodologies need to be employed in classroom, coaching, online. And uh, you need to give really a menu of options for, for employees who are embracing the change to, to do some selection based on the nature of their work and their personal preferences. Yeah, because otherwise it just seems like some, like some new thing that everyone now has to take more time to learn and then maybe even right. find ways to use. Right? It becomes more of a hassle than something that's actually helping you. You won an SAP Gold Award for New Business Application Implementation at Royal Mail Group in the UK. So you obviously know a thing or two about successfully implementing new technologies and processes. Tell us a little bit about that experience with Royal Mail Group. What is it that you did to make that implementation work? So, Jeremy, there are really uh, two keys to a f- successful implementation, effective stakeholder management and effective change management. In terms of stakeholder management, you need to scope out everyone who's affected by your project, both internal and external to the organization. After you've identified all the stakeholders, you need to prioritize the key stakeholders. And also, and equally important, you need to identify the stakeholders that are less effective, but should be kept well informed on project activities. Uh, Concerning change management, the key important factors would be employee involvement, focus on training and creating short-term wins. Perhaps a bit of background on the transformation, technology transformation experience at Royal Mail might be helpful to illustrate some elements of stakeholder engagement and change management. So, I mean, sure. let me just talk a bit about uh, Royal Mail, uh, the organization. It's the provider of most of the UK's postal delivery services. Every day, on average, the company delivers about 62 million items to around 29 million addresses. The challenge at that time was Royal Mail was facing a declining market. So you have this internet disruptor where you have traditional revenues associated with letters, things like bills, notices, and uh, transactional activity going online. uh, Electronic bill payment and presentation and payment uh, has gone online. So that has reduced the traditional revenues for Royal Mail. But the, the, on the flip side of the coin is the explosive growth of e-commerce and people purchasing goods online that get delivered by parcels. So what uh, it was facing was this declining market, head-on competition, and, and also a massive pension deficit. It needed to prioritize HR initiatives with its business objectives and more specifically getting its HR processes uh, streamlined and aligned to support future business growth. So fundamentally, uh, the new technology had to be viewed as a compelling improvement over the current state at that time, Uh, one having advantages over the old technology that it was replacing. For example, the People System program at Royal Mail, or or as it was better known by its acronym PSP, was an 80 million pound sterling or roughly 100 million uh, US dollar project. Our, our previous HR technology was complex and diverse. It was a patchwork of 17 different HR systems and se- 24 uh, separate databases that were all running on legacy mainframe systems. That was all symptomatic of was we had HR processes that involved too much paperwork and manual effort. Uh, management information was duplicated and, and provided from di- different uh, systems. People development and talent management processes didn't meet our business needs. And frankly, managerial support on people issues was largely reactive. 
so you know, at the time we were implementing the PSP initiative, we, we also were facing, as I mentioned, that decline in letter revenue, the huge pension deficit, and, and, and union opposition to the UK government's plans to privatize the company. We're also trying to compete in the highly competitive parcel business against some savvy global operators, uh, companies like FedEx, UPS, DHL, TNT, and others. And uh, our CEO had once described that challenge to me as trying to run the company, change the company, and sell the company simultaneously. So it was no small task. Uh, So with a a huge workforce, it was really critical that Royal Mail had the right people management system. In the lead up to the uh, transaction on the London Stock Exchange, investors would not have a high confidence level in a company that had a uh, a payroll of circa 150,000 employees running their uh, payroll on a, a basically a, a fragmented uh, platform. So, uh, you know, what were our strategies uh, going into that initiative was to implement world-class HR business processes to develop a more people-focused culture in the organization and uh, to improve our business strategies through better management information and create a single technology platform, which was SAP. So PSP was a a part of a broader HR strategy to improve working life at Royal Mail. Uh, Unbelievably, over 200 human resource policies were developed over time. So we reviewed and rationalized the HR policy framework. Uh, We concentrated on just 39, which sounds like a lot, but 39 core people process areas uh, with revised policies and procedures in place that were easier to understand and to implement for both employees and managers. We had to develop process blueprints for human resources to transfer data from those legacy systems and move it over to SAP, as well as testing new systems and managing change while training our staff. But we accomplished all of this with the cooperation of our major trade unions and a large workforce that was about 95% unionized. And uh, the bottom line in terms of benefits and and achievements was that PSP was delivered across Royal Mail on time and to budget. And uh, 19,000 professional and self-service users accessing the SAP system, managing more than 150,000 staff on the payroll. Okay, that sounds like a huge project, like a lot of moving pieces. It was big. It was big. Uh, Like I say, it was an 80 million pound project. Uh, Duration was approximately 18 months, start to finish. It was a major change initiative that was occurring while a lot of other significant corporate restructuring was occurring. So, And that's on on, on, uh, top of running a very complex business. All right. So with that initiative, and I imagine really with any initiative, leadership has to be on board or else nothing really happens. And implementing a new system or technology is no exception. So talk about that a little bit, the role that leadership must play when it comes to choosing and implementing a new technology. Well, yeah, leadership plays a huge role in effective uh, program delivery. Um, You really create alignment uh, when choosing and implementing new technology by forging a close working cross-functional relationship and collaboration with the CHRO, the CIO, and the CFO, and their respective HR and IT and finance teams. I think that's critical. The executive sponsor or sponsors uh, at Royal Mail are effectively two co-executive sponsors. Uh, Myself as the CHRO and uh, my colleague, the CIO. But uh, 
Those executive sponsors have of the initiative have to have the full support of the CEO, the board chair, chair of the HR and compensation committee. So it's essential that the entire senior management team needs to be totally aligned on the implementation plan. From my experience in forming the project team, it was helpful to have two project managers. One from within the company needs to be the internal project manager who works closely with the external project manager. The internal project manager is focused on managing the change management agenda, stakeholder engagement, and the executive external project manager is focused on systems integration, software interface issues, and uh, other technology uh, concerns. Here's a related question. You talked before about training and making it stick. So part of that is communication, right? Everything from just letting people know that change is coming, letting people know what this thing is, the why, why it's happening, when it's happening, and so on. And I think leadership needs to be involved in that kind of communication effort as well. So talk a little bit about the keys to a successful communication plan when it comes to implementing something new like this. Well, yeah, I think successful communication plan is critical to the success of the initiative. And I I think you need to uh, first identify your key target audiences. You need to establish uh, the different groups that you're delivering your messages to. You need to determine the different audiences of your company and tailor the messages to them. These would typically include your board of directors, your senior executive team, trade unions and associations, middle management and frontline team leaders, and the workforce at large. Having done that, you need to identify a wide range of communication vehicles. You need to plan to deliver your messages to your key audiences through a range of media channels. And this involves deciding which channels would be most effective to get your message delivered to your target audience. For example, at Royal Mail, we had a top-notch internal communications team that we partnered closely with. We used a wide range of communication vehicles. We were able to tap into the existing corporate communication infrastructure for messaging. For example, the corporate internet for its employees, MyRoyalMail.com. We had a bi-weekly newspaper courier uh, that was mailed to uh, their residences, uh, employee town halls, email communiques, employee focus groups, and other media to get the word out. And then finally, you, you need to establish a timeline so that the communication activity needs to be well-timed, well-planned, and aligned with the overall project rollout. Yeah. So now, even if you do all of that perfectly, even if all of the leadership is on board and you've had you know the best possible training, once you start implementing whatever it is, the platform, the technology you're going to experience stumbles, right? Things never go exactly as you hope they're going to go. So what are some of the most common challenges that our listeners should anticipate? And what are some best practices for you know, dealing with problems when they crop up? Well, yeah, I think you know, the importance of contingency planning for a enterprise resource planning, ERP technology implementation cannot be understated. I'd mentioned that the budget for the PSP project at Royal Mail was approximately 80 million pounds. Well, we built into the budget contingency funding of 10% or about 8 million pounds to cover incremental expenses for certain events that might delay implementation and result in increased costs. So 
you know, what are some examples of the types of events that could potentially surface during a, a project implementation? Well, what can include things like uh, in a unionized environment, industrial action, for for example, strikes, walkouts, mm-hmm. to rule, slowdowns. Uh, you can uh, experience performance failures of other corporate IT systems, uh, diverting internal focus from the technology implementation. Uh, and uh, there are IT security threats, uh, malware, hacking, bots, uh, intellectual property thefts, etc. So I think the comprehensive contingency planning upfront is the key to identifying a, a wide range of potential th- threats and developing effective strategies and activities to minimize their impact. And and those kinds of threats will vary from organization to organization. So what about specifically, let's say you roll something out and you've spent a whole bunch of money on it and all kinds of time planning and you roll it out and people just don't use it. You know, let's say it's a new community, like inter like chat tool sort of for internal communication. You have the best of intentions and after a few months, you're just finding people just aren't using this thing, even though we you know, planned it and spent all this money. What do you do? Well, personally, with that project at Royal Mail, we didn't really encounter that because, uh, you know, when, when uh, a system's affecting employee pay and something goes wrong, you generally hear about it quite quickly. But uh, I, I think you, you need to uh, revisit your technology change initiative and try and get to what is the root cause and why are employees not uh, embracing that technology. You need to talk to the end user community, find out what uh, the barriers are to implementation, and uh, you need to craft uh, some remedial strategies to respond to those. Okay. So we've covered a lot of ground. Let's try to sum it up a little bit. What are the key points that you want our listeners to take away from this podcast? Well, I think, you know, front and center is the importance of communication. Communicate, communicate, communicate. Ideally face-to-face because it's the best way that change can be delivered successfully. Thrive after go live. So, uh, you know, this is a, a fairly uh, well-known term in the SAP world. But, you know, from my experience, the end of the project's really the beginning uh, and that it's really a continuous business evolution with a technology solution. So, uh, for example, uh, at uh, Royal Mail, after we had put in the SAP HR system, it was up and running and we had the platform installed, uh, we identified an opportunity to uh, add to that platform by securing funding to implement success factors uh, and integrating that with the SAP ERP uh, human capital management solution. And you need to really be listening to the end user community to determine how you can best leverage that significant capital investment in the company. And, uh, you know, finally, I, I think it, the, uh, what you need to do is, uh, is a post-implementation review when it's all done. You need to look at uh, what went well, what didn't go so well, and uh, use that as a learning experience to capture those findings to ensure that uh, future technology implementation programs at the organization can be improved upon and that uh, mistakes that may have been made aren't repeated and that best practices are adopted going forward. Okay, very good. Well, John, thank you so much for your time and for sharing your insights. Entirely my pleasure, Jeremy. Thank you. The Performance Matters Podcast is brought to you by GP Strategies. Together, we can create a world where business excellence makes possibilities achievable. 
You can subscribe to the show anywhere you get podcasts and listen on our website at gpstrategies.com slash podcasts.